Hi everyone, welcome to the Bright Morning Podcast. I'm Elena Aguilar. Alright folks, today's episode is one that we are calling Behind the Design. That's the type of episode we've got for you. And in these episodes, I am going to pull back the curtain to provide expert advice around designing and holding spaces for transformation. And so I want to be more explicit about the conditions and the intentional design choices that set the stage for meaningful work to be done. So these episodes, I want you to know, are related to our artful design and facilitation collection. And so if the episodes that are the behind the design ones that you find really useful, please check out our artful design and facilitation collection. And you can find links to that in the show notes, of course. So this show is a labor of love, friends. I am getting close to approaching the one year anniversary of it. I am so grateful for all of you who listen week after week. I'm also so thankful for the support of our friends of the podcast. They allow us to bring you this content ad free. And today I want to thank Lisa V from Illinois. Lisa, your support really does make this possible. In addition to checking out the friends of the show options that are linked in the show notes, there are many ways that you can support creators on the internet at no cost. You can like their content, my content, you can comment on it, you can share it on social media, and you can leave us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. There was a recent review on Apple Podcasts that filled me with so much gratitude, and it is from someone whose handle there is BMV999, and this person wrote, love it. I'm not in education, and I love these podcasts. So thank you so much to the author of that comment. It means so much to me. Thank you for taking time to spread the word. And I just have to say, it makes me so happy to hear from listeners outside of education because I'm always saying that what we do at Bright Morning applies to anyone in relationship with other people. And I'm so glad that you agree. So one final note before we jump into the episode, friends of the podcast, you are going to be excited to know that right after this episode, you can hop over to your private feed. There is a private feed for friends of the podcast, and you can hear me lead an end of the year coaching conversation with one of our very own friends of the podcast. So don't miss out on that. And if you want in the future to have access to that private feed, become a friend of the podcast. All right, now on to the show. Okay, so for today's Behind the Design, I want to talk about the end of year conversation. This is a common structure that happens in many workplaces, perhaps at the end of the fiscal year, at the end of the calendar year, at the end of the school year, it is very common for a manager or a coach to sit down with someone that they are coaching or supervising and have a conversation, right? It's the end of the year reflection conversation. 
those folks who work in the education system are approaching the end of the school year and what a school year it has been. And so perhaps you are thinking about how to facilitate these conversations with your direct reports, with the teachers that you coach. So let's pause and pull back the curtain a bit here and look at the design of these conversations. I am going to share five things you can do. Okay, these are five habits that transform the conversations that you have, transform the professional development that you lead, and you can apply them to the end of your conversation. This is what you find behind the design in the end of year reflection spaces that I facilitate in the end of year conversations that I have with folks. This is what you will see if you pull back the curtain and look at the infrastructure five practices, five habits that you can use. Okay, the first one is determine purpose. So this is something that you do. You being the manager, the coach, you are facilitating this conversation. The first thing you need to do is get really clear on the purpose of it. Is it to help the person reflect on how they did their job that year? Is it to help them recognize how they grew, how they developed, perhaps how they met their goals? Is it to help your person connect to your organization's mission? Is it to help your person feel appreciation? What is the purpose of the end of your conversation? Again, this has become sort of a thing that people do, right? It's like a ritual, a structure that people engage in. And often the purpose has not been sharply articulated. So the first component of this is that you need to get clear on the purpose for having the end of your conversation and then you need to communicate that to the person that you're having the conversation with. You need to tell them this end of your conversation is so that you can reflect on the goals that you set for this year and how you reached them and how you learned and grew this year. State the purpose, but first get really clear on it. Okay, the second habit for you to practice in an end of your conversation is to anchor yourself in adult learning principles. Now, there are a number of adult learning principles. I write about them in the Art of Coaching Teams. There's a chapter in there about adult learning. And it's essential for you to understand what it is that adults need in order to be able to learn and then to take action that is informed by that knowledge. In this context of the end of your conversation, what is perhaps most relevant, one of the, I would say, principles that is most relevant is that adults need to feel safe. 
this conversation is an opportunity to learn. Any reflective conversation is an opportunity to learn. And an end-of-year conversation by nature is reflective. You are thinking back over the year. What you did, how you grew, when you felt connected to the mission, whatever the direction is, it's a reflective conversation. It is an opportunity to learn. And in order to learn the person... Now, adults and children, by the way, need to feel safe. And so when you are thinking about this conversation, when you are planning for it, when you are preparing for it, you need to plan to create safety. If this is a conversation which someone is going to learn, how are you, the manager, the coach, going to create safety? That's your responsibility. It's your responsibility as the person who has perhaps some positional power in this conversation, the person who is facilitating the conversation. How will you create safety? Take actions that are informed by adult learning. Anchor in adult learning principles. This is what you see if you look behind the design of the coaching conversations that I have or of the professional development sessions that I facilitate. That's the second habit. Number three, know yourself. And I mean you, manager, coach, supervisor, boss, know yourself. You are going to be facilitating a conversation. You're going to be leading it, guiding it, holding space for the conversation. You are part of it. You need to know yourself. You need to figure out who you want to be in this conversation. When you show up to this conversation, when you are in it with your your client, your direct report, whoever it is, who do you want to be in it? How do you want to show up? Now, Part of how you show up is going to be influenced by your relationship to this other person and your positional power and the power dynamics present. If you are in a traditional, you are the boss and you're meeting with your direct report, that is a very straightforward, clear-cut power dynamics in which you you know, the, 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 the parameters, the limitations, the possibilities within that power relationship are different and narrower than what they would be if you were a coach who had no supervisorial responsibilities. Okay, it's if you are the boss and I work for you, it's going to be really hard for me to sort of have those extremely vulnerable moments when I say I thought about quitting five times because I felt so unappreciated. I felt like I wasn't growing or learning. I felt like I wasn't supported, right? That's just kind of what it is. Unless you are a really exceptional, transformative boss person. And those do exist. I'm not going to say they don't. So maybe you are. And maybe your direct reports will cry and tell you that they thought about quitting five times and that you are a tyrant or whatever it is. Probably they won't tell you if you're a tyrant, if you're in a healthy um, organization. That was going a little bit too far. But in other words, 
walk into this conversation being really clear about what the power dynamics are, what is possible, and how you want to show up. That is a reflection you need to do before you go into this conversation. So many of these habits are about what you do before, right? This is how you set yourself up, how you set this conversation up to be really impactful and powerful. Okay, habit number four is attend to details. When you are planning for this conversation, think about exactly how you're going to open it up. How are you going to frame the conversation? This is actually something that you want to communicate ahead of time. You want to let the person know, here's what's going to happen. Here's why. Get really clear on that. Script a few questions that you're going to ask, at least a few questions. How are you going to open it up? What are some of the perhaps pivot point questions that you're going to ask? How can you validate what someone is saying? You can prepare, you can script that ahead of time. That is attending to details. Think also, what is the kind of atmosphere that you want to create in this conversation? Do you want to create an atmosphere of celebration? Maybe if you're in a place where you're able to meet in person, maybe that means you bring a snack. Maybe if you're not able to meet in person, but you want to create an atmosphere of celebration, you send a card to this person or, you know, you have a a special coffee delivered at the time that you're meeting or something, right? You can you can do something. You can use a different Zoom filter to create an atmosphere of celebration. You can play music. What what can you say? What will create the atmosphere? What are the little things that you might be thinking of? Even, look, I got to tell you, when I'm on Zoom these days, I'm thinking more and more, yes, it's been a whole year, about what I'm wearing. Because about a month ago, I heard that you should wear brighter colors on Zoom because Zoom kind of flattens you. I was like, oh, of course. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And so I I got like three bright colored sweaters and I rotate through them. And I really think it makes a difference, even just in how I feel. So everything, attend to details. If you want to have a celebratory conversation, can you put on a silly like hat or something? Think Think through the details. All right, habit number five is engage emotions. This is a habit that is relevant, again, in a coaching conversation, an end-of-the-year conversation, and when you are designing and facilitating professional development, figuring out how you will engage emotions How can you amplify the positive emotions? In an end-of-year conversation, how can you draw people's awareness to the emotions of joy, satisfaction, fulfillment, meaning, connection, and so on? We pay a lot of attention to the uncomfortable emotions or the negative emotions And if we are leading or coaching, it can be really powerful to guide someone towards recognizing those powerful emotions and amplifying them. 
That can sound like, tell me a story about a time this year when you felt really proud of the work you're doing. Tell me a story when you felt that you were appreciated. Amplify the positive emotions. Tell me a story about a time when you felt like you were living our mission. Tell me about a time when you felt like you were doing what you were born to do. That is engaging emotions. Now, when folks talk about uncomfortable emotions, when they were frustrated, when they felt like they weren't doing a good job, explore those. And the purpose of doing so is to help someone gain insight into who they are, what they do, what kinds of changes or tweaks they might want to make. Explore those uncomfortable emotions. As a boss, as a coach, it is your responsibility to help folks have some space to process those and to release them perhaps. Third tip when you are engaging emotions is to normalize challenge and struggle. If we are not having moments in our work that feel difficult, we're not really doing the right thing in a sense, right? We're not going to be growing. We're not going to be learning. We have to have moments that are difficult, uncomfortable, challenging, frustrating. And when someone shares that, normalize them, appreciate them for sharing it. Say, oh yeah, that sounds totally normal. Yeah, that happens to everyone in those situations or that happens to a lot of people. Or it's great that you recognize that moment that was really difficult. What did you learn from it? Normalize it. Don't make a big deal out of it. Acknowledge the struggle, normalize it, and then shift towards, and what did you learn from it? Engage emotions. So folks, I just talked through five habits that you can use in a coaching conversation like an end of the year conversation or in a professional development workshop, but that's actually kind of jumping. I'll talk about that more in another session, another, not another session, another episode. But actually what I was thinking about was if you are interested in learning about how to use those habits in a workshop session, if you do PD, then definitely check out our workshops that are around artful design and facilitation, because that's where you'll learn more. All right, friends, that is it for this episode of Behind the Design. Now, if you are listening to this episode, I'm guessing it's because you are a continuous learner who's looking to improve your practice and deepen your impact. And friends, there is no better way to do that than with a Bright Morning membership. If you join today, you will experience your most transformational year yet. Really, if you join and you engage in the many, many learning opportunities that we have for you, you will. And you'll find a link to an overview of membership options in the show notes. Folks, if you haven't already done so, please rate and review us. Please, 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 please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It's so quick. And also one more request, please. If you are reading or you've already read Coaching for Equity or any of my other books, please, 
please, would you take a minute to review the book on Amazon? It's such a quick and simple thing that really provides tremendous support for me in getting the word out about these important topics. Just a couple of things that you can do. Take just a couple minutes or less. And and I'd be so grateful. Thank you to all who have done so already. I do go in. I read them all. I look at the numbers rising. And I feel lots of gratitude. All right, friends. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to Leslie Bigford and Stacy Goodman, who produced the Bright Morning Podcast. And thank you to Stacy Goodman, who does the sound engineering. Take care, everyone.